Hi, everybody, and welcome to Will This Be On The Test? I'm Maddie. And I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk about something that, well, in this case, maybe something that we shouldn't have learned in school and did, but learned correctly, incompletely, and far too often. What? I'm so confused. We have a format and it's been destroyed. This is just chaos. Well, you know, we've done this kind of episode before where we talked about, you know, how we teach reading wrong and things like that. I'm doing one of those type episodes today. Oh, awesome. But before we jump in, um, apparently Walter Mondale died today. Austin said that right before we came up to here. Um, So we're going to pull back the curtain a bit. Usually we record like a couple of days ahead before we release things. Uh, we're recording hours before we release this time. Yes. Uh, it's in part because I was not as on top of things as I should have been, but it's in no small part because we got our second COVID vaccines. Do the, do it, do it, do it. But, oh my God, I, if I had not had the adult form of fifth disease as a kid, which makes you feel like you have arthritis, I don't know if I would have survived Saturday. Because I was like, I recognize this feeling. And somehow I survived it when, without knowing what it was. I know what it is now. Yeah. I slept for 20 hours on it Saturday. It was impressive. And Austin probably really enjoyed the free time. I went on a bike ride. It was fun. Yeah, Austin is now one of those people. I mentioned that last week. Yes, I He am. is one of those electric bike people. So, um, yeah, Walter Mondale apparently died today. I actually yeah. haven't looked at the news alert, so Austin could be lying to me. Literally minutes before we recorded. Um, but we talked about him. I talked about him back on episode 47, I believe. Um, and I remember I picked him because I was looking basically our Google search for not shitty people in history <laughs> because we'd been covering some real bummers at the time. And he came up as a not shitty person in history. And so if you want to hear about somebody who pretty much just kind of did his thing and tried to be nice and that'd be Walter Mondale for you, I guess. Yep. I don't remember what I talked about during the episode, but it was probably something horrifically inappropriate. Yeah, there was a time there where we would have a cheer of no genocide (laughs) before an episode when we realized that our part didn't involve genocide in any way. Yeah, a lot of the stuff we didn't learn was the thousands of genocides. (laughs) Well, not thousands. I'm exaggerating. No, you're not. There's there's been like if we look at all of human history, and especially if we like look at the definition of genocide as the purposeful elimination of a people, like even things like tribal warfare could be considered genocides. Oh. So what is your topic? Uh well today Oh which we're still doing the thing where Oh right. We're uh only one of us is going each week. We're trying we got we're we're still adjusting to the new normal yes i am in week two of my new job which i am liking and i am glad we're doing it this way because it is taking some you know mental pressure off of me while i learn some new things because you all know how it goes like you're trying to you have a major change in your life and you've got something you really enjoy like doing this podcast but you also don't have as much mental space while you adjust to the new thing that's what's going on so we'll see. I kind of miss having two different topics on most episodes, I think. But if you feel differently, please send us a tweet at on the test pod. Let us know if you like this one topic at a time format better. Because, I mean, if it wasn't for you, we I mean, let's be honest, we'd probably still be doing this. We have nothing else to do. But yeah. <laughs> we could have zero listeners. We'd probably still be doing this. But I mean, now that we have the COVID vaccine, guys, we could have things to do. If you want us to stick around, then 
tell us if you like this format or the other one. Yeah. But I think I kind of miss having like the occasional one one person episode where we can do a real deep dive as opposed to having a beer normal. Yeah. Although I am works, I'm still, I need to, I should take a photo of my um, annotation station it's... and prove to you that it's real. Because, and Austin's getting to hear me yell stuff about this book I am reading about what sounds like the most boring topic on the face of the earth. I cannot wait to bring it to you. Though that'll probably be a month with how slow it's going. But don't worry, I'll be bringing you the actual most boring topics because it's a competition now. It's so anyway, back to what it is. I'm talking about anti-bullying initiatives, which is why, like I said at the beginning, I'm talking today about something we probably shouldn't have learned in school and did learn, did learn completely, and did not learn effectively. And I don't think I said it nearly as well as that at the beginning because I did not plan it. (laughs) So, anti-bullying initiatives. First of all, bullying bad. Bullying is a bad thing. This is not in any way to say bullying is fine and we should ignore this issue. I feel like saying bullying is bad is like the opposite of a hot take. It's like, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I just don't want to deal with people who are going to be like, oh, so since you don't like anti-bullying initiatives, you're pro-bullying. No, I am pro-systems that work. And this does not work. But I'm going to start with the definition of bullying. Because, I mean, how often have you heard some a kid say, this person is bullying me, this person is bullying me, and it turns out it's not a big deal? Yeah, it's like, this person said a mean thing to me yeah. once. So bullying is a repeated and intentional targeted cruel behavior toward a person by another person when the person who is committing the cruel behaviors is in a higher level of power than the person they are targeting. Which is a really complicated way of saying the strong is picking on the weak. And they are doing it repeatedly over a period of time, not just in one day. And they know what they're doing is wrong. These are all important factors in this. If there is no imbalance of power, if it is not repeated over time, if they do not know what they're doing is wrong, if if any of these factors aren't there, it's not bullying. It doesn't mean the person's not a dick. It doesn't mean that what they did or said was okay. It doesn't mean that whatever they did or said doesn't deserve consequences. But a systemic issue, it is systemic, but a consistent issue between people is very different from the occasional issue between people. Um, Now, when I'm talking about a position of power or the stronger, quote unquote, picking on the quote unquote weaker, that can be a literal imbalance of power. Like the person is literally bigger and stronger. Or it can be the person is your boss, your teacher, your whatever. This person has a direct authority over you. It could also be something more ethereal, like this person has been here longer than you. So you're the new kid at the school and you're the immediate target. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. Because you're new and you've got this kid there who's established. Now, that could be somebody who was the target before. Like, you know, the old Gary, Jerry, Larry on Parks and Rec. (laughs) And they immediately have to find the new one. Then, so that, you know, they bring in the intern because that's going to be what's, that's how it's going to go. But it turns out it's Tom. <laughs> Parks and Rec is a great show. It is. So it can be something ethereal. It does not have to be a literal imbalance of power in the sense that, like, you know, you see it on cartoons, like, oh, it's the big bullies. They're huge. It can be the tiniest kid in the class. They just have to have something over you. And sometimes that thing they have over you is the fact that they know they can get a reaction out of you. And here's the other thing. Bullying involves an unmet need. This is not a kid or an adult, more an adult, but this is not a kid who woke up in the morning going, I'm going to be a bully. 
This is a kid who has something in their life that needs to get filled with the emotional satisfaction that comes with having the power of of engaging in bullying behaviors. Whether that be they're being abused at home, or this is the behavior they see at home, so they assume it's okay. Or it could be literally that they don't have food or it could be that they have a behavior disorder. It could be a t- just it could be a simple lack of self-confidence. This gives them a feeling of power and like they have something that they can control. At the end of the day, it comes down most of the time to a lack of feeling control in your own life. So we need to stop framing kids who bully as bad kids and reframe them as kids who need help. And I'm saying that as someone who was severely bullied for most of their childhood. However, the adults who bullied me can go fuck off. Yeah, that I never will understand that. Well, I'll talk a slight bit about them later. It's also we need to stop labeling them as bullies. You'll notice I'm trying very hard in this whole thing to not use the words bullies or victims because when you name someone something, they start to become that. Um, and there's that. There's, there's actually evidence to back that up. That's not just me, you know, pulling it out of my ass. So I try very hard, although it's a hard habit to break. So it's I try to say bullying behaviors and targets of bullying not victims because you're not a victim i mean you may feel like you are but you have some you you have value here too and we also need to stop saying not just that they're bad kids but that they're stupid or things like you'll uh, they'll be pumping your gas someday or someday you'll be their boss because that's just further reinforcing the issues that are causing this to begin with so um you know, handle the emotional needs of your own kid. Don't worry as much about the other kid or worry about the emotional needs of the other kid, too. One of those, but... Yeah, the bullies I can think of are now working uh, very successfully at their father's companies, so... Uh, while a balance of p- imbalance of power is a required part, anyone can be bullied and anyone can engage in bullying. You just have to find the right balance of power. So no matter how good of a person you are, there you might have been someone's bully. And you also and that also means that at some point someone was felt they were your target. Oh god, like the episode of 30 Rock where Liz goes back to her high school reunion. Yes. Yes. She thought she was the she thought she was being bullied by everybody, but it turns out they were all being bullied by her. Because she was so mean and snarky. You know, and I will say that I went that direction a couple of times myself because I had been bullied so often that I assumed people were coming after me. Um, so I immediately went on the offensive and it didn't work out either. It was a lot of very confused faces, really. Um, so what is bullying not? Bullying is not an argument. Bullying is not teasing between friends. Bullying is not something a person feels safe to responding to, whether in the moment or later. They can feel uncomfortable, but they don't feel unsafe. Bullying is not a one-time or rare incident. Bullying is not occasional exclusion, like when two friends have a sleepover and don't invite the third. Um, And bullying is not unintentional. And this is a difficult one because you could have a friend who repeatedly says something that hurts you but if you just kind of laugh along every time they may not realize it hurts you and if you tell them they stop you know they're not being a bully if they don't know it's hurting you so bullying has to be intentional um now i talked about that these bullies are not bad kids we also need to look at the targets of all of this it doesn't matter who they are they don't deserve it Nobody deserves to be made to feel unsafe or like a shitty person or like they don't matter on a regular basis. 
we are telling them, though, that it's their fault that I actually had a teacher say to me, well, have you tried being normal? What? Yeah. I legitimately had a teacher ask me if I had tried being normal. What is what even is normal? Well, at that school, apparently it was being really mean to people because that's what I was experiencing around <laughs> everybody was teachers and kids being really mean to everybody. Um, and so these kids and we also tell them it is their responsibility to make it stop. Now, while kids do have a certain level of responsibility in this, it is our fault if they don't know how to do it, because that comes down to teaching from a young age socio-emotional skills that allow you to interact in society. And we need to stop taking away recess because that is where they are learned. So um, let's get into some research, shall we? Let's let's do this. We live in a world where a peer-reviewed journal called the Journal of School Violence exists. Yeah, yeah. And they asked teachers if they thought their anti-bullying efforts worked. I'm going to guess the answer for that is no. 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 Is it a resounding no? It's a resounding no. Uh, The first reason was that they found there was very little buy-in from the teachers and sometimes even the administrators. The administration for the district, who has very little in-person interaction at the schools, spent all this money on programming the teachers know going out won't work and don't even try to get the teachers on board. They just say, go do this. This I'm sensing a pattern with education here. Uh-huh. Yes. I want you to bear in mind, a lot of people who are in high level administration have not been in a classroom for over 20 years. And so they are teaching. They are thinking about classes. It's 2021. So if we have a high school, if we have a uh, superintendent, Austin. Chances are the last time they were in our cl- in a classroom was our freshman year of high school. So basically they are super concerned about like, the kids love the thong song, right? Cisco's a thing. Can we just use Cisco <laughs> hey, the- to teach them not to bully? The thong song was two years before that. Thank you very much. But they did still have to be concerned about belly button rings. What about those boots with the fur? That was 2007. And I wish I didn't know that. Um, Welcome to our podcast, folks, in which we (laughs) talk about the trends of 20 years ago. I'm old. But think about how much she's like... Just you as a total outsider have seen kids and schools and parents change in the last 20 years. Yeah. And these are superintendents who occasionally will show up at a school. Maybe they'll show up at a graduation and they're the ones who make the calls. Now, I'm not saying this is 100% of superintendents. Some are very involved. I've had very good superintendents, both as a student and as a teacher. I also had superintendents who decided to cut the arts superintendent because who needs arts? So arts are important people. The vast majority of the teachers said they weren't given any evidence that the program would work either. So they came in, like, we've tried anti-bullying before. They haven't worked. Why will this one work? I don't know. Uh, Because we paid a lot of money for this, so it's going to work. No, that's literally it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, No no data was given to them. No long-term studies had been done. A lot of teachers were like, you know, I'd be fully on board if they did a study on a group of kids starting in first grade through high school to see if this actually worked. And they haven't. Um, oh God, what do you, I would hate to be in like one of like the failed experiments, like the control group where it's like, yeah, it just becomes the Lord of the Flies. You mean like the kids who were taught the phonics method and only the phonics method, um, which was an actual pilot thing where kids were taught to spell phonetically to the point where they were given spelling points correct if they spelled a word phonetically? Oh, that sounds bad. Yes. Thank God we have spell check now. Yes. This was two years after us, Austin. 
What? Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah, it's not the it's not their fault. If somebody can't spell and they're a couple years younger than us, chances are they're part of the phonetics group because you know we can just spell words however as long as they spell as long as they sound right. No, chances are they found this hot new edgy celebrity, which are real things, kind of like the Doctor Oz's of the educational world, and they paid them a lot of money for a program. Now, I have a huge problem with edgy celebrities. Not just like there are some who became them by accident. They're the Frodo's of the edgy celebrity world. But then there are the, oh, come on, let's be real about it. There are the Harry Potters of it, the ones who wanted this, even if they wouldn't admit it. Yeah. Um, I, and... this, this is not just an education thing. This is in every field. There's like the, you know, all of those TED Talks that you've been forced to watch about some like business celebrity telling you to do shit. This is everywhere. Well, and then and no one likes the it. last time I went to a big professional development thing that was not related to my actual field, they brought in a public speaker who I'd be willing to, pay, to bet they spent probably $10,000 on, which is about a part-time Paris pay for an entire year. He spent the entire time saying that we shouldn't let kids use the names they choose, including trans kids, talking about how the best way to get boys to listen to you was to humiliate them by making sure people thought they were gay and making aggressive sexual comments about his wife and the bodies of the high school girls he was the principal of. Wow. There's a comment card. I normally don't write a whole lot on comment cards, just kind of a couple words. I did front and back. And then I went and found his book and showed it to Austin. And Austin said it was gross, too. Yeah. Because, yeah, he he actually did the, um, you know, in Greece, where she, uh, she got friendly down in the sand, where he does the hourglass thing and then does his hips. He did that? He didn't do the hips part. But he talked repeatedly and did the hand gesture talking about his wife's body. And he would talk about he was so proud of the fact that these high school girls had crushes on him. This is a grown ass man. We paid That's five gross. to ten thousand dollars to to come and fucking tell us how to do our jobs. All right, so the next concern, after the fact that it was just from an edgy celebrity with no data, is that they were never trained in it. They were told, do this, and then not told how to do this. And I could go on for days about this, but I won't. I will just say that you were given a 15-minute presentation on a good year about something as important as suicide prevention and then told to go teach it to your class. And then you have to pause the suicide prevention video in the middle of it because you're about to burst into tears because it's telling the kids it's their fault if their friend kills themselves. Because you weren't properly trained in how to handle the system or shown the video ahead of time. And so they are being told to do this with bullying prevention things. Can you tell I have some feelings? A, a few. A few feelings. And then even if there is training at the front, it wanes over time to the point where on the off chance that this system stays in place for more than one year, new teachers are never trained in it. And so they don't know how to do it. Um, and it's not just the training time. It's the time to implement it in class. Teachers are given thousands of things to do every single day. This is just one more thing. And when you're a middle or a high school teacher who has 45 minutes most with kids, when? When are you supposed to teach them this thing? Which teacher's responsibility is it? I'll give you a hint. It's the elective teachers because they don't matter as much. But you don't not you not only don't have time to teach it, you don't have the time to effectively implement it because a big part of the successful programs is speaking one-on-one to the kids who are involved. And, and that includes anybody who witnessed it. Not in a punishment way so much as a what the fuck just happened way, but you can't leave 25 kids in a room to go talk to a kid in the hallway, nor can you leave 25 kids in a hallway while you talk to a kid in the room. Remember when we were kids, it used to be, hold on a second, I'm talking to someone. Teachers aren't allowed to do that anymore because obviously these 25 kids lined up in the hallway are up to no good. Your kids are fine. They're fine. They're honestly way better than we were. 
Uh, I, I would definitely believe that. So you can't do it. You can't implement it both in terms of teaching the kids how it works and in actually using the parts that do work. Um, then we also have the issue, and this is all still from that study. The programs are not developmentally appropriate. There is evidence that it works in younger grades because these kids are black and white thinkers and it's very be nice, don't be mean. And here is what it means to be nice. Remember, we had these anti-bullying programs in high school. And what did they say to us? Be nice, don't be mean. Yeah, it's that easy. Have you tried just being nice? Yeah, and we it became a joke. It was an absolute joke. And that's because these programs don't grow and grow with the kids. They don't change the socio-developmental, uh, socio-emotional developmental needs. They don't recognize the new problems that are coming in. It's kind of like the D.A.R.E. program, which, you know, honestly teaches you more how to, be, how to do drugs than to yeah. avoid them. This teaches you more better ways to bully. Oh, God. I remember we had like an anti-bullying thing. And I remember, like, suddenly all the popular kids started sitting down at the same table with this one kid who used to eat the lunch alone, and they made a big deal out of it, which was just like, I remember oh. as an eighth grader thinking, oh, God, this poor kid, because everybody knows what was going on with this. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we're going to be nice to you because... Because the anti-bullying thing says it makes us good people. Um, it, it lasted like two days. Yeah, so and was I like... was I was gonna say like I think I don't. So I, I yeah, that had to be middle school because our yeah. hi, I will say I'm not gonna say our high school is perfect, but I'm gonna I'll say we had a pretty good group going through. Yeah, I would definitely say like like our most popular girl in our high school was the most popular because she was genuinely kind to everyone and meant it. It was weird. I I, will I say, loved her. Uh, we might. Uh, I hung out around mostly with the art and uh, orchestra people, so... Yeah, we hung out with the weirdos, but you know what? Even the weirdos at our school were supported by the t- traditional movie non-weirdos. Like, yeah. we were all kind of just hanging. Granted, yeah. I, I bet there's a September 11th aspect in that we could go into. We really oh, and to. oh, yeah, there probably is. Yeah. Um... And then there is the lack of administrative rep- of support, which was one of the largest things mentioned in this study. One teacher quoted in the journal study said, quote, the problem at our school, and this is where all of us are really starting to feel like we just, our principal doesn't have our back. And another said, well, the other students see that as well. And if the principal's not doing anything about it, how can I do something about it? I saw this as a teacher. Um, again, I'm not calling out all my admin. I had some great admin. I really did. But I once sent a kid to the principal after repeated behaviors in my classroom. And I'm not talking bullying. I'm talking way worse. He came back 15 minutes later with candy and announced to the class, I'm untouchable. They will never do anything to me. He wasn't wrong. When I worked in schools that had very little bullying, and I did, I worked in a magical school that had no bullying, um, the parents and kids knew the admin had the teacher's backs and would, unless proven otherwise, assume the teachers were telling the truth, including one who said to, said to us during my training, the moment a parent cusses at you, you hang up the phone. They call back. If they're talking in a calm voice, continue the conversation. Otherwise, say, call Mr. His name. And then hang up again and don't answer the phone because I'll handle them. In a school where the teachers and students or the uh, students and parents know that the admin has the teachers back, the teachers have the power that they need to enforce the systems and the behavior becomes better and the morale becomes better because behavior is also worse when teacher morale is low. 
The study also showed that the vast majority said, as one put it, quote, where I found it hardest is when someone who frequently bullies other kids, it's a real, th these are not the best written quotes. Uh, you know how studies go. Yeah. When someone who frequently bullies other kids, it's a real challenge if their parents aren't on board to try to help the situation and the majority of the time they're not. The study also described a situation in which a student was getting consequences. And the kid, in essence, said, my mom said I don't have to do anything to make this right. The mom told him, you don't have to apologize if you don't mean it. Now, I actually agree with that. You shouldn't have to apologize if you don't mean it. And a kid, person, human being should never be forced to accept an apology. But if you are genuinely bullying someone or did something shitty... You should have to do something to make it up. Even if it's not apologizing, do something. Interpretive dance. Like, because, you know, forced apologies, everybody knows it's bullshit. Yeah. And then telling the kids, okay, now say you're sorry. I'm sorry. So what do you say? It's okay. No, it doesn't have to be okay. You can be mad forever if you want. It's fine. I'm mad forever and I'm turned out just fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The lack of parental support in consequences for the kid can be an issue. And this is a variation on this that I had to battle with uh, was for, on the other side, parents telling their kids, if someone is mean to you, punch them in the face. And they didn't just mean if someone's bullying you, if someone is threatening you, it's if somebody looks at you wrong, punch them in the face and show them who's in charge. And I'm not making this up. I had kids who actually said, this is what my mom told me. And then I had to have this very delicate conversation of, not insulting the mom, because chances are the mom or dad or whoever has a place in their life where they are coming from with this. Austin and I have actually debated about this multiple times because he did get someone to stop bullying another kid by punching them in the face. Yeah. Meanwhile, I was bullied all through school and never punched anyone in the face. Um, and we talked about the gender issue that comes into play there, too. But I had to have these very delicate conversations where I did insult their parents, but I said, okay, um, the thing is... The cameras don't have sound, for one, so they'll just see you punching someone in the face. Two, being nasty to somebody is not a crime, but punching someone is. Um, and if they choose to press charges, they can. Three, no matter what, no matter how the system is, you are the one who's in trouble now, not the other person. Now, I will not say there is never a reason to punch somebody in the face. If you are physically cornered, knee them in the groin and I will have your back. Like, I don't care if you're an adult or a kid, if there is someone threatening you and has you in a corner and you need them in the groin and I see all this happen, I will march you to the principal's office myself and say he was being threatened in the corner. So he deserved to get he deserved to knee him in the groin. I will go to the fucking school board with that if I needed to. However, I also and more often saw the opposite where parents wanted their kids to get disciplined and didn't understand why the schools weren't doing it. I actually had a mom call me once after there was an issue in my class and she said, Okay, I just need you to explain to me, why is my kid not suspended? I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, what he did was really bad. He's going to have consequences at home, but he needs to understand that consequences don't just come from mom and the real world will have them too. When you do something like what he did, you are going to be in a lot of trouble in the real world. Why isn't he suspended? And I, honest to God, just said, I have no idea you need to call the principal because I did the steps I had to take. He was not suspended at any point. But the mom, even the mo there was like a pause, the mom goes, yeah, I kind of figured that was it. Because some parents get that it's not the teacher's call. Some parents don't. More often than not, parents wanted their kids to have consequences because they wanted them to know that the actions have these consequences and they don't just come from mom and dad. And then there's the problem that no one wants to talk about, which is the imbalance of power between kids and teachers. Now, you would automatically think that teachers are the ones in power, but this is not necessarily the case. Because um, kids belittle and physically assault teachers on a regular basis. And even if that's not the case, even if that's not what's happening, 
when you start to get in trouble, they know things like, my mom says that if you're mean to me, she's going to sue you. You know, my dad's a lawyer. You know, you know who my parents are, right? These are actual things that kids say to teachers. To be honest, they are things administrators say to teachers. Well, you know who their dad is, right? Um, why should I care? The kid just spit in someone's face. And there, so there is an imbalance of power there. Kids can bully teachers if their parents and the school allows it to happen because the imbalance of power is so fucked up in schools. And then there's the fact that things change all the time. I went through school years where we would have three new educational systems in place in one single year, and we were suddenly expected to implement it the next week. There was never a year where the next year had the exact same anti-bullying or disciplinary system. Even when we finally had one that worked, they would get rid of it because the data didn't change fast enough. And we could see it working. We saw it going well. We're like, things are getting better. It's incremental, but it's there. But since the data didn't show it yet and the administration is not in the classroom to see this working, they just throw it out. Which is why Finland has a better school system than us, because that was our school system first. And we threw it out. And Finland's like, this seems like a great idea. Because it was. Let's do it and not stand next to each other. And then, as you might be able to tell, there's the emotional exhaustion. These are, again, all reasons teachers think that anti-bullying programs fail. All these new programs, the lack of training, the blame on teachers, the lack of support from parents, administrators, kids, watching your kids get hurt over and over and over, and you start to feel helpless and like you're part of a system that is hurting everyone. And teachers don't want to say this, but that is why they are burning out. It is, yeah, money is a part of it. And yeah, time is a part of it. But a big part of it is this feeling of just emotional burnout and helplessness. And a lot of it comes from us dealing with all of these things, the lack of support and watching our kids get hurt. Because at the end of the day, any teacher who deserves to be in the classroom doesn't want the kids getting hurt. And if you can't stop it, you can't stay. Not because you didn't want to stop it, but because you're not being allowed to. Okay, so let's talk about the actual components of the anti-bullying programs, why they don't work. Yes. So uh, I got a lot of these from a Psychology Today article, but not all, not all of them. So one, don't be a bully. Okay. Cool. Kind of like, don't do drugs. Don't smoke. Don't have sex. Jesus will be mad. Just keep an aspirin in between your knees. Oh, God. Um, so we tell them not to do these. Do this. We tell them not to be a bully. We don't tell them what to do instead. And like I mentioned, be bullying comes from an emotional need not being met. So from a young age, we need to teach kids how to appropriately handle their emotional needs because bullying starts at age two. Two. Yes, bullying behaviors can begin as early as age two, and it has to do with us teaching those kids how to appropriately redirect their behaviors. And then it's kind of all over the place until seven, and then starting at eight, they start to, they start to actively begin to hunt, was a word that I saw, too, so they can pick their targets and become better at it. I, was, I know we're talking about children, but it feels like we're talking about velociraptors. And the thing is, it's not their fault. It's our fault. It is the adult's fault. And I don't just mean parents and teachers. I mean society. We are we are the ones who need to show them how to be better. And we need to have this socio-emotional education from the time they're born. Um, everybody's going to fuck up. You yell at your kid once. Your kid is not going to become a bully who kills people later on. We, but... talked about, we talked about this with Freud a mm -hmm. little bit. And then two, don't be a bystander. Okay, first of all, episode 15, the bystander effect does not exist. Um, what does it even mean? It's like... It's well, like... it means, Austin, it means be an 
upstander, not a bystander. But I don't know what's going on in this situation. I don't know if like they're friends who are just ha- or just roughhousing and like you know being guys, or if this is actually bullying because they look a lot alike. Yeah, and I actually ended up leaving one of them off of here, which was um, one of the cores is telling kids how to recognize bullies. Um, I ended up leaving that off because it was such a long section and we're already going to go along because I talk a lot. But basically it boiled down to let's teach kids how to be racist. What? Yeah. Uh, let's teach kids how to be racist slash classist slash uh, unable to understand differences within people um, because one person's like cultural norm or ability norm or whatever could be interpreted as like i remember this story that was told about this um this kid who showed up in class with blue hair and she was talking to the boy next to her and she's like what do you think and he looked at her and goes it does not suit you now to you and me we'd be like oh right well that boy was from germany and in germany first of all he's speaking in a second language and secondly you're not as you don't him and haw as much. Yeah. I've like I've known a lot of people from Germany. There is not as much equivocating. That is a stereotype and it is fairly accurate. <laughs> yes. And so it turned into a whole thing. Um so it's not understanding cultural like it's a whole thing. So but being so they they're basically framing this whole be an upstander thing though as when you witness bullying intervene. And they add on to it, if you don't intervene, you're just as bad as the person who's bullying. You're a shitty person, too. Yeah, I mean, they're making it seem like every time you see bullying, it's going to be just this absolute black and white situation that you can immediately tell. Yes, and it's not. Um, And also, like I mentioned, the bystander effect isn't real. The kids who are seeing this aren't ignoring it because they think it's someone else's problem. They're ignoring it either because they don't recognize it for what it is or because they're scared. Now, I have seen kids and I I have seen kids who walk up to somebody who they notice and like this is kind of the whole when you're in a store and you see the store clerk being harassed situation, you intervene because you can tell there's a problem. Who will kind of come up and be like, hey, um, let's walk to class together or hey, do you have the notes from science? I really need them and like get them out of that situation. That's that's one of the ways we do tell them to do it. But that can be dangerous, too, like in its own way. I, that is my favorite way is get them out of the situation by ignoring the situation, moving them away. Confronting the bully, probably the worst way to do it. Yeah. Um, if you work in public service at all, you've probably done this when a coworker is being cornered by a creepy guy, because that's been a frequent thing in my life, where you come up and say, hey, you have a phone call in back, and you get them out of there, and you don't confront the creepy guy being creepy. I'm a little bit more of the... Uh confrontational type yeah but confronting them requires paperwork and i am not about that. oh no i never did anything that would require paperwork and it was if it was a creepy guy it was very different it was me be like please for the love of god someone get out here because i don't know what he's gonna do but it was like what what was it almost exactly four years ago almost almost exactly five, five years ago right after our wedding oh we uh our anniversary was a couple days ago yeah we got our uh, uh we went second to, round on our we went to a pet store and i went off on a lady who was being mean to a store clerk and she turned to Austin and said, and I quote, control your woman. And I almost laughed and said, how? No, he looked at her and just said, you know, it's really weird that you're bragging about volunteering for an animal shelter that would love that open cat food you have that you're trying to return when you're trying to get your money back and screaming at someone over it. Something along those lines. Yeah. She sputtered and left because she'd been basically called a hypocrite. 
Oh, she also threatened to call her husband on me. Yes. Um, and she could repeatedly, when she was like, wait till my husband gets here. And we were like, okay. Oh, wow. We met, that was a Karen. We ran into a we Karen. We ran into early days Karen, yeah. Oh. He, he was just, she was threatening her husband on the store clerk, too. So, like, yeah. you and I went next door to get pizza. And then we, like, were looking out the window to see if she came back with the husband. Because we are like, bitch, it is on. We will come back. And I'm not saying that because we're really good people, but because we both work public service and that what she was doing was not okay. But we also were not children. We had no skin in this game. Oh, none at all. Well, I know our cat was still back there being groomed. So no, our that, most precious was, cargo was This was a was different there. place. Oh, okay. I'm not beginning. This was the boutique pet store. Oh, okay. No, the cat groomer I also almost went off on, but that was a different issue. I never go off on store clerks, but I came very close with that pet, with that pet groomer. <laughs> Um, so they don't, uh, they are afraid to get involved. And then there's also from a very young age, we instinctively understand that snitches get stitches. So that brings us, that's one of the things we tell them is don't be a bystander. Go get a grown up. Stitches get stitches. Not saying that's always the case. Not saying it's right. Just saying it is. Which goes into number three, tell a grown up. I am not against this in theory. If you have a friend or you are in danger, go tell a grown-up even if you are a grown-up go find a grown-up be your grown-up probably not me but <laughs> i'll try and get the help you need i was very lucky to have the kind of relationship with my students where a lot of them would come to me and be like hey i'm in trouble someone's in trouble because they knew i'd kind of massage the situation to keep them out of it and if i couldn't i'd get the school counselor to do it <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with saying go tell a grown-up is we tell kids that more than we tell them anything else. Just go get a grown-up. So we're telling them, too, you can't handle this. You have no power. Go get a grown-up. And You know what? Also, grown-ups are busy. If you come to them with a problem, the first thing they're going to do is not want to help you, is be annoyed that you're coming to them with a problem. At least that was my experience. That was... Okay. Teachers are different now for the most part. Uh, for the most part, teachers are there uh, for the right reasons, not the summers off like what we... Not, I will not say universally, because I adored school for the most part. My elementary teachers, a lot of them were there for the summers off. Yeah, I'll say that. My elementary teachers, there for the summers off. Not, not the high school ones as much. Yeah. I liked a lot of, I liked my high school ones. I liked a lot. I liked about a good chunk of my middle school ones, elementary ones, except for like two of them, there for the summers off. But I see you art and music teachers. You guys were great. Um, so I'm not against this in theory, but it should be kind of the escalating the situation not like after you've realized i cannot handle this situation after an attempt to do so barring immediate threats to life and limb this is when it gets brought to the grown-up it should not be your base thing and that is what we tell them to do go get a grown-up go get a grown-up go get a grown-up i had kids middle schoolers who literally could not do something without a grown-up and if i told like i i had kids who i said well you give it a try then i'll come back and check on you they'd burst into tears because they didn't know how to not have a grown-up and that's not going to go well. Uh, and that... I'm not talking about kids who had needs. That's a very different thing. Um, I'm talking about kids who were trained to always need a grown-up. Oh, uh, that, let me tell you, that does not end in school. Because I have worked with adults who are incapable of doing anything without, like, a senior person there. Yeah. Or a manager. Like, basic things. Yeah, and then we need, so we need to teach them from a young age how to handle peer relationships, how to handle a teacher, how to handle adult relationships, learn to know what the line is when it comes to handling your peer relationships and when it needs to get escalated. And you actually brought up something a lot of these teachers brought up uh, in the study, which was kids come to us and it's not that we don't care, it's that we can't. 
like, yeah, I'd love to help, but if I don't get these 30, these 30 unnecessary reports in by 3.30, I'm going to get written up. It's like, I'd love to help, but we're preparing for our test. I'd love to help, but I'm not allowed to. Yeah. I had that one. I actually had that one. I went to someone and said, I need to help this kid. And they said, I'll be gone from your classroom in a couple weeks anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Getting real close to what actually happened. Um, okay. So... And let's say they do tell a grown up. Let's say that they have actually done like they we've we've put into them. You can't do this yourself. You have to tell a grown up. They go to the grown up. What if the grown up doesn't know what to do? Because like we said, the grown ups aren't trained in this. What if the grown up doesn't do anything? Yeah, yeah. Because like just think about like all of the social media bullying, and you're expected to go to your teacher who's two years away from retirement who doesn't understand the Facebook. Well, and also your teacher literally can't do anything about it. Yeah. Like, there is a literal factor in there where it's like, it's happening. I, I am not on your Facebook. The kids aren't on Facebook. I am not on your TikTok. Yeah. I, I am not the creepy teacher who follows you on TikTok. I am not, like, I, I can't do this. And in, in, in some places, if it's happening off school grounds, it's not a school thing. And it's it's a whole, and then in some places, doesn't matter where it's happening. You can get expelled from school. <sighs> yeah. Your teachers can't do anything or your teachers won't do anything in some cases. Um, and so they learn, okay. I can't trust me. I also can't trust the grown-ups. I can't trust my peers. Who do I have? No one. And then we have four sticks and stones. We tell kids you should just ignore the mean things being said to you. And you can do that. No, you can't. I can't even ignore like tangentially mean things being said about someone else in on Twitter. I can't ignore people being directly mean to me. <laughs> yeah, it's not a real thing. You can't control how you feel, but you can control how you act. So you have this person say something nasty to you repeatedly. That was an action they could control. You can't control how you feel about them doing it. And then this is directly tied to the don't give them a reaction thing that we are often told. They're just looking for a reaction. Don't give them one. Well, we don't tell them what don't give them a reaction looks like. So they just shut down entirely. At least that's what I did. And they start to realize, oh, the reaction is building. If I keep poking this bear, it's going to wake up. And then the bear wakes up. And guess who gets dragged into the PE teacher's office for telling a classmate who was bullying her, fuck you. That was me. They had ignored the fact that these girls were screaming homophobic things at me all semester. But by God, I told her, to, you know what? Fuck you. Just one time. And I'm the one who's in trouble. And I was a lot calmer than they were about this. Um, five, telling them bullying causes permanent damage. This sounds like an interesting That's one. That is just going to be encouragement for those little sons of bitches. Well, it's actually it is it is for like the real sociopaths in there, but it's actually even more harmful for the ones who are the targets. Because they're being told how they should feel. And they're being told that you're weird if you don't feel this way. Just like I've told, like we've talked about in many episodes, you become what you're told you are. Um, so by telling kids you should be hurt by this, that can fuck them up. And when you tell somebody they should be hurt by this forever, and they're repeatedly being told they should be hurt by this forever, they start to internalize that and their identity becomes the bullied, the bullied victim. And so it's kind of like when the studies are sitting there saying trigger warnings make people internalize their PTSD and make it worse in the long run, and everybody's still throwing it at them. And then they start to think, oh, all I am is my PTSD. These people start to think, oh... All I am is the bullying is the victim of this bullying. They internalize it and they become that and they it's so much harder to get out of it. And these are the ones who, when they are adults, 40, 50 years old, are still in therapy for it or 35. 
<laughs> and then there's the opposite end of that, where it gives them the uh, the targets permission to get revenge. Because now everyone's been told how much lasting damage this can have. To the point where they've even been told this can cause somebody to uh, attempt suicide. Well, now this person is bullying me. They obviously want me to die. So that gives me permission to go after them instead. Now, I am not sitting here making a direct connection between this and acts of mass violence in schools. I am simply saying that sometimes when the when the target beats the shit out of their bully, it's because the bully, they, they view it as the bully was told that they were that this was how they were that they were going to hurt themselves. So they're going to hurt them first. The end. Um, <laughs> six, zero tolerance policies. Oh, God. I'll try to stay short on this. Zero tolerance policies are blanket policies that apply regardless of circumstances and apply harsh punishments to infractions of all sorts. It's the it's kind of the opposite of what I said earlier about adults doing nothing. They do too much. I'm not supposed to say this. I actually think there are arguments for suspension and expulsion in very specific cases. When you have a child, um, uh, not even not necessarily a child, a teenager who has proven repeatedly to be a threat to their classmates, they should not be in a classroom. Ideally, you have an alternative school to send them to. But if you've got a kid who brings a knife to school and is planning on using it, they probably shouldn't be in the classroom. If you have a kid who comes to school and threatens and threatens kids every single day, they probably shouldn't be in school after you've made the other interventions and they're not working because kids can't learn when they're scared. I'm not supposed to say that, but there are times when suspension, expulsion, but ideally sending them to an alternative school is the way to go. Zero tolerance is when this is used for everything. Detention, suspension, and expulsion for every little thing, no matter the circumstances. Remember when we were in high school, you weren't allowed to bring Advil to school? Yeah. Because it was a drug. Oh, that's right. And any medications you had had to be in the nurse's office, including things like emergency inhalers, because, you know, you're passing around those inhalers and getting high off of them. Oh, boy. Yeah. As someone who has been on inhalers for actual medical reasons, you're not getting high. They suck. Um, that was part of zero tolerance policies against drugs. And so, like I said earlier, the kid who needs someone in the groin because they're cornered and being threatened, they are going to get expelled because they hit somebody. While the kid who was, had them in the corner and was threatening them, if they didn't lay a hand on them, they're probably not getting expelled. Does, the circumstances do not matter in zero tolerance. It's this punish, this crime equals this punishment, no matter what was happening around it. Like the Jean Valjean situation. But he stole a loaf of bread. Five years for what he did. The rest because he tried to run. Yes. 24601. And then we have seven. Bullies are bad people. You were taught this. I was taught this. Bullies are the bad kids. The kids aren't taught the actual psychological aspects of bullying. And when you've got younger people, especially like little kids, there's good and bad black and white. They don't they can't really see the gray areas, but you can teach them about the behaviors and not the people. But instead, we end up focusing on the people. Then as you get older, we never start to bring in the psychology of these behaviors. And so this actually causes a lot more bullying behaviors to happen because when they're looking at this, go, OK, we see this kid exhibiting bullying behaviors a lot equals that kid is a bully equals that is a bad person equals I shouldn't be near that person equals I'm going to isolate that person equals that person bullies more because now their friends are gone because their friends have been told quite literally don't hang out with bullies. Well, sometimes they need friends. Yeah. And like, I can't tell you how many kids I had in my schools where I was just like, if we could move them to a different school, I don't mean an alternative school. 
I mean, if they were just the new kid in a new school, this kid would flourish. It is the group they are with. It broke my heart every time because you can't say to a parent, yeah, your kid has started hanging out with these people and their behavior changed when that happened because you can't call out the other kids. So, yeah, kids who who bully have an unmet need that is not being helped by being told that they are bad people or being isolated by their classmates further. We have this weird image of bullies as like the bully from It or A Christmas Story or Binky and Arthur, (laughs) who has an amazing growth arc, by the way. I'm Team Binky. I don't remember any of that. Oh. Um, And then I want to say something these policies never address, which is what happens when the bully isn't isn't a kid. Now, I'm not talking about adult on adult bullying. I'm talking about when your bully is your teacher. Because let's face it, there are people working in education now and historically who should not be doing so. And I don't just mean the ones who are behaving criminally who really shouldn't be doing so, but the ones who just have no business being in education because they hate kids or at least they hate some kids enough to make their lives miserable i'm talking about the kind who on my first day at a new school locked me out of the building as punishment for not realizing there wasn't a doorknob on the outside and then yelled at me in front of the class for finding a different way in and then accused me later in the year of faking my illnesses that i legitimately had and was miserable through and or the one who, when I reported the bullying that I had tried to handle myself to her, she said, well, boys will be boys. And have you tried being normal? And these are people who also engaged in it and encouraged the kids who were bullying me. I had the one who would repeatedly yell at me in front of the class and then drag me in the hallway to keep doing it, who intentionally failed me in math. And that's provable because I was away at our gifted program during math. I was supposed to be exempted from math homework, and she gave me zeros on it instead. She did not do the same thing to the other kid in our class who was also going to the gifted program. This is bullying behavior. It is repeat with an imbalance of power used intentionally to make somebody feel like shit. We never tell the kids what they're supposed to do when their bully is their teacher. Or if it's not their teacher, what if it's the principal? Because, okay, you get you get up the gall to go to find another teacher or to find the principal. Well, what if it's the principal already? Who do you go to? There is no one. Which is why, like I, I said earlier, most teachers there for the right reasons way more now than we were kids. But there are still some. So kids, all of our child audience who I know listens all the time, always... Find an adult you trust. In your building, find a grown-up you trust, because you will find someone. I don't give a fuck if it's a teacher or not. It can be, like, I had some custodians who were the tits when I was in school. Find an adult you trust who you who can help you figure out what to do next, because they're there. And if your principal is the problem, go to the administrators above them or the school board, especially if they're a huge pervert like one of my elementary schooler ones was. But that's all I'll say about that. Um, and also, while we have these bullying policies in place for students, we do not have these in place for teachers or administrators. Actually, we do, because in some places, like where we live, you legally have to. They are not enforced, and you are more likely to get in trouble if you report something than the person you reported is, just like in many different workplaces. Um So it's incredibly hard to prove that the bullying is happening, and it's even harder to prove if you don't have administrators on your side or if it's coming from the administration themselves. Um, So getting back to the main point, though, do these programs ever work? Yes and no. There has been evidence that they can work on younger grades when they are more black and white thinkers and when their teachers have a more flexible amount of time with them. So they don't have 45 minutes, 45 minutes, 45 minutes. It's I've got them for six hours 
if we have to smoosh math by five minutes to get this extra time in and these lessons and these discussions, we can do that. When they get older, it's less effective. Um, and then we also have to look at the developmental ages. When they get older, they have been found to not work because they don't grow developmentally with the kids. But when we have effective socio-emotional uh, programs beginning from a young age, they outstrip anti-bullying programs and their effectiveness over time. It's not anti-bullying. It's pro not being a dick, basically. Um they also only work when teachers are actually supported by the administrators, um, The administrators, which unfortunately is a real problem. A teacher tries to enforce the bullying policy. Like, let's say they are on board. They're going to do it. They try to enforce it. They go through all the steps. On the off chance the kid ends up talking to the principal at all, nothing happens. The teacher is now known to have no authority. The kid knows they have no authority. The kid who was targeted knows this teacher can't help them. There is no safe place for that kid at school now. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to tell you the dirty little secret of education, like I've been pouring out a lot here. Um, we're not supposed to talk about this. It's called bad data. Schools have to report things like test scores and behavioral issues at the school. It can affect things like funding and the um, report cards of the school administrators. And to a certain extent, the report cards of the teachers. When a school, when a child... Uh, when a school has kids sent to the principal's office, given detention, suspended, expelled, or sent to an alternative school, 100% of that is supposed to be recorded. Teachers fill out paperwork, often by hand, every single time they send a kid to the office, which is not the primary reason I rarely sent kids to the office, but boy, was it part of it. Um, usually I just thought it was unnecessary because I could have a discussion with the kid, which is the better way to go if you can. Anyway, um... When a school implements a new anti-bullying program, think of it like when a street lowers the speed limit. They have done an evaluation. They have decided the speed limit here would be safer at 35 than at 40. So for the upcoming months, you expect that the number of speeding tickets will go up because everybody is used to it being 40 before. It takes a while for them to go, oh, shit, it really is 35. And they are ticketing us when we go 40 now. So, too, when a new anti-bullying system is put in place, should you see an uptick in consequences, and I'm using consequences not as the word punishment, but as the effect of the system, which can be anything from, yes, punishment, to remediation sessions, peer sessions, mentorships, whatever the case may be. You should see that go up, not down, for a while. Because it means that the people in there are adjusting to the new speed limit. If a speed limit goes from 40 to 35 and then the tickets go from 20 a day to zero a day, something got fucked up. Chances are the cop is gone. It's not that the speed limit's working, it's that it's not being monitored. If you are looking at a school that suddenly has their behavioral data go from a really high level of issues to a really low level of issues seemingly overnight... The cop is gone. Yeah, you'll. Uh, an, another great example of some behavior like this outside of education is in New York City. They have crime stats, which they want that to go down, but it's it's not actually really going down. It's just they're changing the way things are reported because they got to a very low level and they couldn't keep going lower, so they just stopped reporting things or report them differently or yes. to get people just not to do something. Which about goes it. back to the one thing I was talking about with teachers getting burned out is like, well, if it's not even fucking working. Why should I report it? Um, but a lot of this, too, is that the data gets um, lost, kind of like COVID data at schools gets lost. And if you try and compile it in Florida, you get arrested. Yeah. Data, um, always question it if there's a massive change in a very short amount of time. 
always question it because uh, chances are if a school suddenly goes from having a suspension rate of 25% to a suspension rate of 2% and it's been a month since they implemented their new system, the kid with the candy yelling I'm untouchable is in charge now. That's all I'll say about that. Um, so, but if you do start to notice that, ask questions. If your kid goes to that school, talk to a teacher you trust. Chances are they won't give you an answer. And that's important. And again, I had many excellent, excellent administrators on the off chance that any of them are listening to this. They know exactly who they are. Because these are the ones that I could go into their office and go, what the hell? Why are we doing this? And actually expect a productive conversation. Those are the best <laughs> administrators. Maybe I wouldn't necessarily say what the hell exactly to them, but they're the ones I could go into and say, this doesn't seem right and I need you to explain it to me. There are plenty of excellent administrators out there. And there are also ones who will see through the bullshit on these. And there are ones who will fight against the system or who at least will work with the teachers to say, all right, guys, so this is what we have to do. Um, here's how we're actually going to do it. They exist. I've had them. They're real good. I've also had the ones who said, so I just threw away that write-up you did. So keep an eye on things. Um, then we have to look at it. Okay. Nobody likes bullying. Bullying bad. As I said at the beginning, bullying bad. Can we get bully get rid of it? No. No. We can never get rid of bullying. And I know that sounds like a Debbie Downer. It's just a fact yeah. in the same way that we can't get rid of the fact that they're going to be murderers. Yeah, it's just um there's there's gonna be a new way to bully somebody in fun, new and exciting ways that you will not anticipate. But can we lower it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. By having a positive morale in a in your workplace, which bleeds down into the kids by like when I can tell you, when we went from like having a really good administrator and the kid, teachers were happy, behavior was great. But then we, we would switch to an administrator who was not as positive. The kids immediately felt the shift in their teachers and the behavior changed accordingly. Having a positive morale in your building is a good, is a great first step. That's, that's true across the board, even mm -hmm. with other things. Like you'll notice that like organizations that have like good leaders who will actually listen to the employees have better customer satisfaction because the people working with the customers are happy and but if there's bad admin like the employees aren't happy and they're not doing a great job mm -hmm. um we need to stop ignoring the fact that kids who bully aren't bad people they're kids in bad situations and before we jump to massive consequences except for when the actual problem was massive like i'm going to bring a gun to school we need to try other interventions first because the best way to stop bullying from happening is addressing the root of the problem um, we need to start young teaching kids how to treat each other and using that time to focus on social skills rather than drilling academic skills over and over. We need to bring back recess. That would be 15 minutes once a day where it's organized and you're all going to play this game today. Yes, that I had that. Awful. I had that class because uh, recess was a class, apparently. Uh, teachers need to be involved in deciding what program to use or create their own as each school has its own unique needs. Within one district, you can have an all-white, very wealthy school and a highly diverse, very poor school, and they are going to have drastically different types of bullying. They will both have bullying, but they will be drastically different types. And you can't say what the, the bullying program that works for one school will work for the other one. The teachers need to be involved to f uh, fix the problems within their own environment. 
Administration at the school and district levels need to view teachers as experts in their students and in their own classrooms, experts in their subjects, and as human beings who deserve support, especially when they're doing so much with so little and they're trying to implement these plans, but it's the fifth one this year, and for the love of God, I've got this kid repeatedly beating the shit out of this other kid in my class. Please remove them. Support your teachers. The teachers need to be adequately trained on what to do and given the time to do it. Every school needs to have a counselor, a social worker, and a psychologist on its staff. Do you have any idea how much it would help if there was a counselor there who wasn't viewed as a punishment? It was oh, just a normal God. part of the environment. God, counsel I have never had a good counselor. Oh my ever. God. I'll tell you, school counselors and school social workers saved my ass as a teacher. But as a student, when I was getting so badly bullied that my parents finally, my te that teacher is scared of me now. If she were to ever see me in public and recognize me, she would run. Um, I was the one sent to the counselor, not the boys who were my bullies. And she legit told me to, she's like, well, you know what you need to do to stop them. You just have to say, please stop. I don't like that. That's never going to work. No, I remember I was eight and I looked at her and I went, okay. And then I went home and told my mom that. And my mom goes, I'm sorry, you were sent to the counselor? Are they saying like, as if you are the one who has a problem that needs to be solved? A need that is unmet? Now, yes, I should have been going to a counselor, but not that one. And certainly not in a way that was framed as a punishment. Um... Every school, though, needs to have a counselor, social worker, and psychologist on staff available to help in these situations because teachers are not trained. They are. They went to school for this. Administrators must be expected, required, to spend time with the students when they are not punishing them. Like, out in the school and hanging out and not being, I'm the principal, but, like, actually kind of just chilling, you know? We, like, I liked our principal in high school, not not the vice principal. Oh, no. But our actual principal, if you saw, if you made eye contact in the highway, in the hallway, it wasn't weird if you smiled and said hello because he was visible. Then we had, you know, we had, you know, we had like three admin, right? Yeah. We never saw the third one. No, he was just doing his thing. But then we had the second one who went to jail. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one who he was um... in charge of our anti-bullying programs. Oh, my God. And our anti-drunk drug programs and our anti-drinking programs <laughs> got arrested for driving drunk and bullying the cop afterwards. I got, oh, my, I got. It was the best day. He was so mean. I got screamed at by my dad because he sent a letter telling my parents that I'd been skipping a class I wasn't in because there's another student with my exact same name going to the school who was skipping class. So he sent that information to me. So that is confidential information that he could have gotten in a shit ton of trouble for. I know. And just like, so I'm like getting screamed at. It's like, why are you skipping health class? It's like, I took health class in the sophomore year. I didn't know I was supposed to be in this two years later. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did you fail health? You and I had the same health teacher. It was impossible to fail that I class. I slept through the miracle of life video. And then parents and teachers need to be on the same team. Parents and teachers can be on the same team. It is totally possible. Both sides just have to agree to it. And I'll say that was something I was bad at at the beginning. It's not that I didn't like the parents. It's that I didn't. I was never taught how to communicate with parents. Not really. But luckily, I had the amazing admin who told me to hang up on one who tried to cuss me out, uh, which I thankfully never had to do, at least not at that school. And um, he sat down with me. He was like, all right, let's 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 have a real conversation about how to communicate with parents. And the key is for both sides to go, okay, 
hi, this is me. This is the child. Let's be on team child. It's not me versus you. It's me and you for them. That's why I always framed emails. And I was sincere in this with, this is what I'm observing. This is what I know your kid is capable of and the great things I've seen them do. How can we work together to make sure the great stuff is what's happening? And I meant it. And by God, these parents, when you when they know you're on their kid's team, they're willing to work with you. But parents, we need you to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, and we need to stop blaming and start being proactive. Nobody is born a bully. Nobody is born a target. We, the world around them, put them into those positions and don't help them to get out. It is time to start listening to actual experts, i.e. the teachers, and performing long-term studies and stop listening to these goddamn Dr. Oz's of the education world who think their plan is perfect because they surprisingly and magically had amazing data at their school. Even if it was real data. Not going to work everywhere. No. We can make things better. We can we can't stop bullying, but we can make it go down. We just have to fucking try. The end. Bullying. So that is why your kid's anti-bullying program didn't work. Because it doesn't need to be anti-bullying. It needs to be I I wouldn't even say pro not being a dick, so it's basically saying this thing. It's pro thinking before you speak and act it's pro do's and not don'ts it's almost like i don't want to say empathy because that seems like a corporate buzzword bullshit but no empathy is a very good word for this um empathy and kindness they get misused kind and nice are not the same thing sympathy and empathy are not the same thing and certainly empathy and pity are not the same thing It's about learning from a young age to view other people as all as equally value, mm-hmm. valuable human beings. And I do believe that is what most parents and teachers are trying to do, but nobody's giving the tools to do it. Yeah, it's that whole, like, assume positive intent thing, which... Yeah, just yeah. Just do that and just try not... Yeah, yeah. Just, do, just do a better job. Yeah, just, just be cool, guys. Just be cool. cool. Just be cool. Just be cool about this. Yeah, none of this ever happened. No, don't do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you answer some questions? Yes. All right. Um, will this be on the test? Most teachers don't think anti-bullying programs work. You know, what? I'm going to say that won't be on the test because what if we ever listen to teachers? I think it might be on a test in an educational program. Yeah. But it'll be one of those things like that. <laughs> I had a professor in college who had added on. Yeah, but they won't listen to you when you tell them that. <laughs> Two teachers feel a lack of communication and support is a major part of the problem. You know what? It should be on the test, but you're a you're a brave soul if you put that on there. Three, blaming the kids who exhibit bullying behaviors and the kids who are the targets of those behaviors both have negative long term effects. Yeah, that's sh- yeah, that should be on the test. Yeah, blame is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Four, focusing on socio emotional growth and skills from a young age is a better way to prevent bullying than any program specifically against bullying has ever seemed to be. Yes. And five, anti-bullying programs don't grow with the kids, which is part of the problem. Wait, do you mean that when I, that by the time I'm in high school, uh, talking about not sharing my toys and being nice on the playground is not going to be an effective tool? Um, kids in elementary school don't get toys or playgrounds now. I understand why bullying happens now. No, I will say, though, if a giant, like... If a guy in a costume, not a mascot because they're terrifying, but if a guy in a costume came into our high school and was like, hey, guys, be nice to each other, I'm like, I probably would have bought into that because at least it's something different and it's not that dick who eventually got arrested just standing up there and being a dick to everybody. 
Oh my god. I remember the day he got arrested just being like, I wish I was surprised. Yeah, I I wasn't surprised at all. I think you were like you gleefully relayed this to me when you found out. Oh, and what's funny is I found out Oh my god, are we the bullies? Um this guy was not he was one of those who sh- who was in it for the summers off, who actively disliked certain students and who went out of his way to make kids feel bad. Like I otherwise said, we had a really good principal. We talked about him earlier today, just completely out of context. Like, hey, he was good. I wonder what he's doing these days. But then there's this one. There's this one who, uh, he said that the theater program disrespected America by having an American flag in its play about 9-11. Okay, that doesn't track. Yeah. Um, the existence of the theater program, he felt, was a, was disrespectful to America, and he wanted to cut our funding to put more into football. Now, I have no problem with our, I like, I went to a lot of our football games because I love the marching band. Me too. Who won awards, the theater department or the football team? I don't even think our football team won a single game. I think they won the occasional game, but... I honestly can't remember a time where they actually won. We had extremely high-flying arts departments, and yeah. um, our basketball team was okay, But and we had a really good hockey team until they decided that was a waste of money. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to get us shut down so he could take our money and give it to football, and... Um, his wife was very nice. She actually was. And I'm shocked nobody ever keyed his car because he had a personalized license plate. Oh, yeah, that's right. With his name on it. I know. Now we're like triangulating ourselves. Anybody who knows who lives in this general area is like, oh, they went to that high school. Um, I mean, I think they figured it out when we said, yeah, everyone was really rich and on drugs. No, the other high school was the really rich and on drugs one. We were the pregnancy one. Oh, okay. Yeah, um... We were pregnancy and cocaine. Not necessarily together. I mean, definitely together. But again, that goes back to how we had a really good principal who he made an actual effort to combat the cocaine thing that wasn't an extreme measure and actively worked with the girls and the boys who uh, got them pregnant to help them find a good situation for them. Like he actively made an effort like and that was very rare especially in the early 2000s so i hope i hope he's either retired or still a principal somewhere <laughs> yeah actually oh like, i hope he's retired because he wasn't that old oh yeah he wasn't he guess he wasn't no he but replaced... I also i mean i i just don't want anyone to have to go through the mad max thunderdome that is teaching during the quarantines yes guys my teachers you guys are awesome. You guys are awesome all the time. But especially right now with the shit you've put up with for literally over a year at this point. And I know the bullying that you have been receiving. Oh, God. I have seen it. I have seen it online. I have seen it at school board meetings. I, The fact that they're going to have any teachers le- next left year, ne- left next year should tell the world how much you give a shit about their kids. So pay teachers better. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm saying that as a former teacher, not somebody who will benefit from this in any way. Um, Well, I think as a member of society, we'd all benefit if we paid teachers better. Yeah, But yeah, anti-bullying programs, it's a nice idea. They don't work. There are better options. That is the TLDR didn't version. That That version of this. that, That is the TLDR of just American education in general. Yes. There's a train going by. Um. So it is getting really hot in this podcast closet. I might still have a little bit of a fever left over from the COVID vaccine. 
Because I am sweating like that pig who gave birth to 20 piglets. <laughs> oh, God. So where can people find us? I can get the hell out of here. Well, they can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash onthetestpod, on Twitter at onthetestpod, on Instagram at onthetestpod, and our wonderful website, onthetestpod.com. Yeah, and please uh, bug us because, honestly, I'm in charge of our social media and website, and my brain has been so fried lately with all the changes that are going on that I kind of forget it's there, but I do get notifications if somebody messages us, and that will be like, hey, Maddie, get back on here. Do your fucking job. And I'll be like, right, I have a fucking job to do. So so I'm guessing what we're saying is bully her into being on social media more. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's something you can bully. Like, I'm not saying can as in should. I'm saying as it is possible to bully celebrities. It is possible. Oh, my God. And not I... saying we are celebrities. I'm talking about like, but I've seen some podcasters just get raked over the coals because they said a word wrong or like asked a question someone didn't like, like pronounced a town's name wrong. OK, we are in Kansas. We have El Dorado. Oh, and there's also Nevada. That's Missouri. Yeah. We're in the we are in the land of you cannot pronounce the name of this. We have um oh god the town from Unsolved Mysteries Lacine 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 yeah, which is spelled Lasigny, and people get real mad at these po- like pe- I've had podcasters that I've really enjoyed turn off their social media because they mispronounced a town's name because a group decided to attack them and that's where the imbalance of power comes in. Yeah, okay, I will say this: if you're mispronouncing a name in Kansas or Missouri. It's either because it's something that you would not know how to pronounce unless you've heard it because you cannot guess by how it's read, or it's a place that you know how to pronounce, but we don't pronounce it right. Like Versailles. Versailles, yes. Um, we have we have a lot of places. Like, like I laugh at Supernatural when they when they do it because they're supposed to be from Kansas, and I feel like there should be somebody on this highly paid staff. I'm not saying every staff member is highly paid, just this highly funded show. Someone should look it up, but... Are we bullying the staff of a show that's not even on the air anymore? No, I'm saying that uh, in the future, the CW or whatever it is currently called should ensure that they correctly pronounce the names of towns their characters are supposed to be from, especially when it's the capital city. <laughs> Topica. Topica. <laughs> Topica. It was it was weird. Um, so we know you guys know where to find us. You guys have gotten some Maddie rage this week. Yeah. But it's um it's something that really does matter because it's one of those things where we're not supposed to teach that it hurts long term, but it can hurt long term. We gotta teach these kids to be strong and stand up for themselves. We also gotta teach them it's not their fault. It's a really hard balance to strike. And I appreciate all those teachers and parents out there who are doing the absolute best they can, which I b- truly believe is the vast majority of you. And I'm gonna start bullying Tom Hanks on Twitter. I'm not gonna actually do that. That would be the worst thing I could do. <laughs> now you're looking at me. Out of all the people on the face of the earth, we need to have a conversation. Like, I was ending on this really nice note over here. I was I, saying this really supportive thing to these amazing parents and teachers out there. And then you say you're going to bully America's dad? <laughs> We're going to go have a talk. So on that note, class, class dismissed. dismissed.